A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Black Beer Podcast. This is episode 56. 56, yep. On the podcast, it's Mary. Who else is on the podcast? Richard here. And we got a... We, can, we can't even call him a special guest anymore, to be honest. No, man. This He's done... When last you have me on this thing? Huh? So the last time thing? we had you, we were talking about... Was it about nostalgia and regret? Mm. So that was maybe 10 episodes ago. Maybe 12 episodes. Yeah, if I checked yeah. Spotify, I would, I'd know. Well, I'm edging. <laughs> How you been edging? I'm good, I'm back. I'm, it's peak edging right now, you know, because I had a shish kebab. What? I'm peak edging right now. I said I'm peak edging. <laughs> What's like, that? Shish kebab. I it while driving. Extreme sports still, but <laughs> shish kebab. I'm in. I'm in. The, I'm in the Man's mood. Illegal edging. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's not illegal to, to, to eat. eat. To eat a shish kebab. Is that illegal? Well, to eat a drink? I thought it was because it was might a, as well be. There was a there was a car with lights next to me. I cracked my first car when I was um I was eating a meat pie. You ain't got the skills. I'm not gonna lie. I was doing other. I was about to say. How do you? For the sake of for the sake of, I was eating the meat. I had a real too. I was doing combos. Okay, Extreme that's a bit sport. dangerous. Man, I was stuck. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> How you guys been, though? I've been good, man. I've yeah? been good. I've been good. I've been good. Actually, I've not been on the podcast for a hot sec. Yeah, yeah, slightly. Yeah, it's been slightly. A I can't remember the last episode you was, but... People always like... say that every time I come on. They can't oh, remember. no, no, no. It was... Use um, your mind. Do your, do your um, work... Do your friends... No, oh, yeah, do, do your, your work colleagues. colleagues your yeah. That's really, that was like three podcasts. Yeah, that was Don't mind them. That was probably like three or four weeks. That's what I'm saying. That was a good podcast, you know. I was challenged. Thank you very much. Well, I just remember how many sinners I had my workplace still, bro. I was challenged. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. No joke, fam. Uh, what have you been up to, Edgem? Recently, I'm digging Queen and Slim playlist okay. on Spotify. I'm digging okay. that playlist okay. big, time, big time. Big yeah. time. Big time. You guys haven't seen it yet, though? Have no, I haven't, haven't seen it. I haven't seen I've it. I've heard good, like, I've heard seven out of tens generally mm. for the films. So I'm looking forward. I'm going to see it. So I want to see 1917 too. Guys, 1917 is a good film. Yeah, I mean, that cleaned up. It's about the portrayal of World War One. Yeah, it follows two British actors oh, as, as they go on a yeah, yeah, yeah. really, 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 really good. Guys, I'm telling you, it's really good. Yeah, it's okay, fine. good film. Okay. One of your best. Yeah, I really enjoyed that film. Really, oh, yeah, oh, really oh, good that's film. That's a high. Guys, go see it. Go see it. Go see it. Good film. Good film. Oh, talking about films, did you guys see the whole um, Joaquin Phoenix acceptance speech at the Baftas? Before that, my boy. Oh yeah, Michael Ward. Shout out Michael Ward. Shout out to Michael Ward. But do you know what's funny? I only just watched them. How old is Michael? By the way, he's 22. He's young, bro. Yeah, 22, 21. He's from Dagnum, you know. I didn't know he's that. He's from Dagnum. Yeah, he's from Dagnum. Dagnum, yeah, I think yeah, I have a Dagnum or Chadwell Heath. Dags. Bro, boy. That's yeah. mad. That's mad, mad, mad. Um, he's local to East and that. Yeah, man. Bear people, loads of rising stars coming out of, out of East London, man. Mm, who else? Out of, Dag- <laughs> out, of Dag- out of Dagnum. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> Just you and Michael Wood. <laughs> Stacey Solomon. Oh, uh, you're crazy. Is she, is she's that, still coming out. She, it doesn't she, matter. She's left, bro. I trust she's left. She's, it doesn't matter. She's she's jokes, yeah. left. There's more people that are in my head, but I just can't. I just can't think. Really? About. Actually, there are more people, but I'm gonna let them let them, <laughs> let them blow, blow, and give you your head. I watched his speech. His speech was nice. Was usually, yeah. Especially like black guys, just like oh, you know, mumsy, mumsy, mumsy. Um, he shouted his dad. His dad obviously his is past, but right? his, dad's his dad's late. Yeah. But he, he, you know, dad obviously was a great influence on his life. His mum was crying. Well, shout out as much of the team as he could. Shout out all the team. Yeah, mum was bawling. Mum was crying. And obviously, Cluia for handing the award is all beautiful to see. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like the fact that, you know, it was stage, but I don't mind that. It was definitely stage, but it was good. It was good. It was good. It was nice. The tears weren't staged, though. 
<coughs> nah, he, yeah, he broke. He cried. He, he broke. broke. He actually broke. And he composed himself as well. His mum was praising him. His mum was breaking. His mum was breaking. She's still breaking. Fam, she's still crying. But no, she's still crying. But no, Wacken Phoenix, man. Yeah, that speech was. <laughs> what, what, what you didn't like the speech? No, it's not that I didn't like the speech. Um, I find it interesting. Do you know what it's like when I was when I was listening to it? I actually listened to it on the way here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had the picture in my mind. Do you like when you're in the, in the school playground? I picture the, you see in films <laughs> in the school playground, yeah, where you have like several kids picking on a child, picking on a child, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like one of them grows a bit of a heart, and then it's like, mm-hmm. nah, man, this is wrong. Man. <laughs> I felt like that was what happened. <laughs> Yo, I have you know I haven't seen the Joker. Just a side, I haven't seen the Joker. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard he did. I heard he did. Fantastic in the performance. Film. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. I heard he did that in the film. Um, I watched it. Um, I mean, look, obviously I don't know the intentions of man's heart, but like if he was being genuine, I think that's a good. I was a good. Yeah, I was a good shot. And I think you can tell by the face in the audience, it was awkward. Yeah, it do you know? What's I, weird I, I, he, he didn't mask it in comedy. No, so it was it was it was a tonic. Do you know what's Richard, do you know what's a bit weird though? Right at the end, he was as well as like initially, like <coughs> midway through, you kind of saw that he started to claim the girl and say, "Actually, listen, part yeah. of this is me. Like I'm part. Yeah. Of, I'm contributing yeah. to the system." Yeah. But I found what I found particularly interesting was at the end, he was like, "Listen, we can't just fix this by saying." like doing some light work we have to like yeah. we have to proper study we have to sort this out and he's like mm-hmm. it's on the people who have perpetuated mm-hmm. um this kind of like this kind of conduct yeah. and this and this racist kind of institution etc um it's on us to dismantle it mm-hmm. should you take your award knowing this no do you know what's not sorry one sec before when he said it's on us to take it's mm-hmm. on us to dismantle it mm-hmm. and i saw all the chairs i'm thinking no you man don't get it <laughs> man, you, know, thinking, you didn't get don't it don't wash her i'm talking about you like, this <laughs> is, yeah this is, this is you know, when you know why you're clapping? Do you know, do you know Joe? Yeah, shocking when Washer's like, when Washer's saying, John Washer, Paul Washer. Yeah, when Paul Washer's saying all that kind of stuff in um in that shocking youth message sermon, yeah. and he's speaking, 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 and everyone starts cheering, 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 and he's like, I don't know why you guys are clapping. Talking about you, clapping. G. I'm talking about you, and they just stop. That was the kind of like yeah, yeah. gravity with which he was trying to speak, mm-hmm. but they were clapping like, oh, that was a great speech. Yes, this will make us like almost. Mm-hmm. This will this 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 is a good one. You did a good one there. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That's a nice. Did he take any award though? Mm. He, so went, he saw nominees he walked he walked away initially and i'm like yeah my g <laughs> my g that's powerful but then he was like oh i forgot the take your award man you know, i think you should take his award yeah and i think too, i think for me it's like it's always when white figures now say something that people of people of color i hate that term black people who are who black people have been saying for such a long time so that's yeah. when they, white people are like oh that's true you know yeah, we should think about that yeah. it's like the whole oscar's so white the whole like past two years people yeah, have actually yeah. been saying that mm. black people have been ignored mm. asian people have been ignored it's only when joaquin phoenix now speaks up that everyone's like nodding so mm. i must i did i still agreed and still kind of commended him for saying what he said but it just made me, made me think like the response people have been saying this for time the response is the yeah problem. and it's interesting because you know like if somebody black and in in a particular like in a position of power says something along the lines of do you know what this is racist and or i don't feel included when i go to my workplace or something of that kind of ilk then um, it's interesting because what you actually get is pushback often from white people saying things yeah. like, you know, like this, this isn't a black issue. Don't make it a black issue or, or this is a wider issue. This is, do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they try and, they try and downplay it, dilute it or, or, or push it to the side or actually just, or, or, or just treat it, treat it very light. I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to phrase it. Like they do some, some, some weak initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, in the hope that that appeases you mm-hmm. as opposed to actually rectifying the problem mm-hmm. like just creating a small group of some sort mm-hmm. but that doesn't fix the issue mm-hmm. whereas here <laughs> a man speaks up and <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's the law has changed <laughs> kind of yeah. thing but 
But anyway, like obviously, all progress is progress, right? But yeah, like, at the same time, it. it's yeah. a shame. It has to come from a particular lens in order for it to yeah. to resonate. But yeah. it's what it is, I guess. Yeah. Kind of moving onwards, what we kind of want to address on this episode yeah. is around. Initially, kind of talking about uh, Kobe Bryant's kind of recent um, passing, but also mm. kind of extending that to grief and um, dealing with loss. So, yeah, um, last month, 26th of January, uh, Kobe Bryant, he was a basketball player for the um, Los Angeles Lakers for around 20 years. Um, he actually tragically lost his life in a helicopter crash, him and eight others, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. So, like, where were you guys when the news came? Like, what were your initial thoughts when you heard of this? I was in my yard, man. It's crazy. I was in my own yard with my own two daughters mm-hmm. and like and with my wife. And I was just sitting there like I saw the news and I like like I just stopped what I was doing. I just went to my wife and just said, Listen, like Kobe just passed away. And like my wife follows his wife and various other things. And she, I mean, and it was just instantly it was just like for us, even before you're thinking it's a basketball player, just thinking, Rah, this is this is a family man. Mm-hmm. Like this is a a man has, like a man has just like left his wife a widow and his kids yeah um essentially like fatherless and that was that was a that was a reality that we had to like that instantly shakes us because obviously like just thinking about our position or me working and and bringing in income and various things like that my wife looking after the girls and it's just like what happens with richard and i mean all of these types of things just start to play through your head and obviously then the news came out subsequently like after some after some fake news and stuff was coming out that all these daughters were with him then you find out that and i'm thinking that's shocking like you then find out that actually, ah, like his thirteen-year-old yeah. daughter, like, gee, like she was with him, like, yeah. and that was, and that was like just another level of of, of pain. Like, at that point, my wife couldn't even hear it anymore. Like she'd have to stop. Like, yeah. yeah, like she was in tears. Like, yeah, it was it was painful. It was a painful kind of. It yeah. shook. It hit different. It hit real different. Yeah, yeah it hit real different. Benji, what about you? Yeah, <clears throat> similarly, it was a, it's it's a it's a shock. I was in I was in, at church evening. Um, so news you feel feel sort of um, amongst um, the brethren there, and you know what? This is a man who seemingly on the surface had everything. You know what I mean? It's like right, this sort of huge figure who's sort of had a perfect life. Um, what luxury did did not have, especially you know, even in terms of family and um, a daughter that had shared love for the game as he did. Mm. Um, it's it's sad. It's it's really sad because um, I don't even follow basketball that that that, that deep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it felt it felt it, it still hit hit hard, and I guess that's testament to um, just the sheer success he had in the game. Yeah, which then tra- sort of transcending his brand and image to just other realms of sport, mm-hmm. industry, yeah. circles of life. Um, so it was um, it was it was terribly terribly sad, and obviously a personal that we just touched on. Obviously, yeah, the girls they have um, they have now no dad, and they have a you know one less sibling. Mum is equally um, uh, a mother who has lost a child and lost her husband. Mm. So and 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 undoubtedly, city of um, LA, they're, they're mourning. You know, that's yeah. that's one that's one of their own. Twenty years, you know, that's I don't know if that how you know how often that's happened in basketball history, but it seems you know quite rare. So he's he was one of their own. So yeah, I mean it was and again if you look at other sports, so football, Neymar paying tribute. Yeah. You know, other, you know, Sancho playing tribute across. You know, this is throughout Europe. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it, it's it's yeah, it's it's sad. Um, 
and yeah, obviously prayers to the other families who are affected. You know, you had another family, a mum, dad, and I think a daughter also mm-hmm. on board, the pilot, other passengers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was, and as obviously news as as you know the, uh, as to the crash unfolding and, and you know and to the conditions in which it, it happened and looking at whether in which you know it could have been prevented or not that just mm-hmm. brings another degree dimension of sadness to it really yeah yeah mm. the fact that he was going on like going to support his daughter yeah. in a game yeah, and yeah. kind of just speaks to kobe's love for the game because mm. even when i when i found out um someone messaged me and was like your boy kobe and i was like kobe's not my boy i was like mm. i'm more of a lebron fan to be honest mm, 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 and i was like kobe what's that supposed to mean so i went on my whatsapp and i was just like seeing the messages and I'm like, oh, fake news, please let it be fake news. And then I went on NBA.com and then like BBC and it was confirmed mm. and I was just, I couldn't believe it. Like I didn't, I didn't think the death would hit me as hard as it did because mm. I just thought, wow, like I can't believe this man is dead. And mm. I think the day before, LeBron had just passed him. 16 hours. Yeah. 16 hours ago. So like yeah. he had literally tweeted something like, yeah. oh, I can't remember what he said, something like, oh, you, you know, you're a legend or whatever. He said, oh, yeah, your legacy yeah. continues or something. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. within 12 to 16 hours, he was yeah, dead. And yeah. I think, yeah, it was it was just really really painful, yeah. and I just remember afterwards I just said nah, no social media. I think in my head I was like, Kobe can't be dead. Like he you know those people that you think they're gonna live to ninety five. Mm-hmm. Him, I don't know, Beyonce, mm-hmm. all the all the greats essentially. Mm-hmm. So just hearing the fact that he was forty one, just just you know, won an Oscar two years ago, doing a lot in terms of his mentoring and really trying to build um, other players, and just mm-hmm. to hear that. You know, he had a six-month-year-old and he, was, he, was, he had mentioned that he wanted to try for more kids and then just like that, he was dead. I, I just couldn't... It was just too much for me to handle. Um, mm. Yeah, it was it was deeply, deeply painful. And just seeing kind of all the Lakers tributes and all the other player tributes across all the different sports has been like, wow, like, this guy's actually dead. I just couldn't believe it. Um, mm. and have, you guys, yeah. have you guys, like, lost... I'm assuming you guys have lost other people in the past. Like, what's your kind of earliest thoughts or earliest memories of, like, loss in general, I guess? Mm, I feel like my earliest memory I've got a few I think Princess Diana Wow <laughs> Taylor Was big for my family But I remember the, the one that was quite When I was really young Was one of my friends We had like a similar Like in the In the, like the register Our surnames were quite close to each other So we were mm. always in, Kind of seated next to each other Always in the line together In the mornings And then Her mum had died And I think we were like 13 mm. I remember like They was telling us I was thinking what? Like I was trying to think of like My mum dying I was thinking that's that can't that's crazy, and I think that was like the earliest death that I thought, wow, people actually die, because obviously you think of it like, oh yeah, people die far, far away, and I was like, wow, this girl actually doesn't have a mum, mm, mm, and just mm. seeing how she kind of had to take time off of school, and then even when she came back, she was still reeling from it, and I think that was like the first, I think that was the earliest memory I had of like really coming to terms with death, um, yeah, that was hard. Mm. What about you, Edgem, Richard? Uh, well, I actually <clears throat> experienced uh, death sort of more sort of closely quite late in life, to be honest. My f- sort of the first immediate family member that um, uh, that passed passed last year. So mm-hmm. an aunt, an aunt of ours passed like, early last year. Sudden, sudden, unfortunate. So it was sort of compounded. Um, the impact was compounded. The grief was sort of quite felt. Uh, but apart, you know, before that, psh, no one sort of I knew had died. Obviously, you know, heard of people who knew people who had died. I know a few people who around in the end who obviously like I knew um, who had like passed, been killed, mm. uh, sadly to say. Uh, but in terms of sort of blood, family connection, yeah. So last year, aunt passed away early in the year. Mm. That was tough because you see how it affects the your parents, family. how it affects grandparents and mm. cousins. And you sort of see how death really affects community um and how there is such things as communal grief mm. um 
and and last year later in the year then lost a close family friend to the family father figure that again hit hard so it was probably the the, the year in which i experienced grief for the first time yeah probably ever really um and yeah it's not pleasant because i guess i um you want to have all the answers especially in like other aspects of life you seem to have all the answers to have things together but with grief it it hits and you're wondering, you know, sometimes you don't know where, where you're going or coming. You're not, not sure whether you're over it or not. Sometimes it hits you, sometimes it doesn't. You don't know mm-hmm. whether you should be crying or supporting someone else. And I think it's, working through that was a quite a challenge for me and my wife because, you know, she's the first time she's seen me like this. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so it's, um, it, it, I guess it's in, a, in those periods where, you, again, you value promises of scripture, you value the community of fellowship uh, and lead you value your your relationship with Christ, who I guess is ultimate example of um, uh, of, of of comfort mm-hmm. of peace mm. during grief. You know, yeah. so mm. um, yeah, so yeah. Last year, probably you know, don't term it as the year of grief, but it was pretty much the year of grief in wow. many ways. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. No, I think for us or for me anyway, um, I saw grief a few times when I was young. Mm. Um, was often distanced mm. mm-hmm. and when I say young I mean like really young and that was and I would see like loads of family members like or people coming around the house and everyone like just literally in tears and dad running around trying to sort things out mm. and, and people trying to calm some people down and some family arguments just starting here and there mm. you're, just, you're just trying to you're just seeing all of that kind of stuff unfold and I don't even know I think that was back when I was in Manchester I don't even know who died at that point mm. um fast forward get older I saw my like I was still quite young but I saw my mum's mum had passed away I'd never met her mm. but again just seeing how grief hit all of the family again seeing big uncles cry and all that kind of stuff was again just a scary mm. thing but I think when I got to secondary school was the first time I really saw like grief like close to home mm. um and yeah I think there was a there was about a two three year period where I just lost two friends like mm. just close together and they were just it was murder um and yeah that was just a real that was a real different time um for me personally like yeah I don't want to say too much I don't yeah I don't I, it was a different it was mm. it was difficult you know they'll be at my house one day two days later one of them's dead wow. another one's at my house another day Two months later, he's dead, and it's just like, and I haven't seen him since. And I'm just like, you know, like, how do you how do you deal mm. with that? Like, what yeah. do you what do you make of that? Like, um, one of them, thankfully, was able to like speak about the gospel and mm. like was really able to, to 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 wrestle through that with him. And it was around the time I had just got saved and was really like trying to push that. And and like you know, I, I heard that, I heard from people. Thank God that he was like he was reading his Bible a lot more, mm-hmm. that he was praying a lot more and all that kind of stuff around the time he died. But he died with two knives in his hand and it's just mm-hmm. like, how do you, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in your heart, like you want to, you want to hope that, do you know what I mean? That he had, that he had faith. You want to hope all of these types of things, but at the same time, it's just painful, right? And, and other times you don't even have that kind of thing to cling on to. So I guess, I, I guess I find it, I find it interesting because it's difficult, where, especially when you have to, two, two different types, because people might die as believers. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people die and they're unbelievers. And I've realized actually the way that i grieve mm. in both situations i grieve in both situations don't yeah. get me wrong like but with the way i grieve in both these situations it's actually quite different like, mm. i don't know what you, how you guys feel like yeah yeah i agree with you. i think when you've got a f- when you lose someone that was a believer you can take a lot of kind of encouragement that death isn't the end for them that you'd you know you have the hope of glory you'll see them one day and as much as you're kind of reading the loss and you're sad that you won't be with them at this moment in time you can take great encouragement that you will see them one day um, mm. because they're in Christ. But when an unbeliever dies, you just you just start to just think through so many things. Like I wish I'd prayed for them more. Or I wish I'd 
giving them the gospel. And you just know that like you can't give yourself some sort of like empty promise of they're in a better place. And even when you're around like other unbelievers, I'll be like, yeah, you know, they're in a better place or they're watching from from above. But you just know like, nah, man, they're, they're really under God's judgment um, and under the wrath of God. And, and that's just, that can be very, very heartbreaking. Because even mm. when I was just thinking through like, Colby and as much as we've he's got so much legacy and he's done so many things and he will always be remembered I was just thinking like if he wasn't a Christian and you just start trying to finish the sentence and it's just mm. yeah it can just bring great despair mm. Um, mm. yeah like how have you kind of experienced that edge when you've lost someone and mm. believer unbeliever kind of mm. yeah I mean so when when it's easier right when you've lost someone who is a believer yeah you know, you're almost trying to um, balance the very real grief with the very real existing joy that, you know, mm. end of the day, where am I still on this earth and I have to pilgrim and sojourn mm. and fight the fight of sin. Joy to them who have now crossed the Rubicon and now are in, you know, glory. Yeah. Um, with the church triumphant. So that's, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't think that that's sort of easier to address. So of course, the grief is still real and existent. Yeah. Mm. I was hearing a very, I don't know if you're aware of R.C. Sproul Jr.'s son, uh, R.C. Sproul Jr., so R.C. Sproul's son. Yeah. His sad story about how he lost one of his children. Yeah, he had eight children, lost one, yeah. lost the third one, lost his wife. So he lost his wife, and then like a few months later, maybe like nine months later, or under a year later, lost his wife to cancer. Um, and listening to him helped because he, he, um, he, he, he was trying to find God's goodness. Yeah. And in find in trying to find God's goodness is is a is such a a worthy uh, a, a worthy um, uh, I guess um, venture or, or a worthy cause because you will find God's goodness somewhere because God is good mm-hmm. um, and so in an instance where you know losses had when someone is an unbeliever mm. um, goodness perhaps isn't or the joy isn't perhaps found so easily in that person perishing right because the real the, the real the, the reality is that that person is like yeah. to judgment yeah but goodness can be found in that we are reminded and those around the loved one are reminded to look at their own souls yeah and from that you know there's an avenue in which to um preach the gospel mm. um you know the house of mourning um can be a very fertile ground 100%. for the gospel yeah um mm. and so you know god in his wisdom can still ensure that goodness is still found where there's mourning and tears um and of course joy is found easily when someone's you know gone to glory because you know that's their promise fulfilled mm. you know they are now with the lord they have now reached mm. the journey um so those things those things help um those things help and i guess ultimately it's just making sure that because of the unpredictability of death i mean kobe was 41 he died in you know traveling so it was such a sudden death mm. uh, and 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 the shock is how will i die you know, mm. am I gonna die instantly too? Am I gonna die in or in instant manner? Am I gonna die unpredictable in an unpredictable manner, old or young? And so, you know, as a, as the passage says, you know, go the laws of your minds. You know, so you're preparing your mind for those things which are uh, forward and onward that is to come, even now, because who knows the time? Yeah. Uh, so even that sort of tragic death, you know, God's goodness is 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 brought forth in that you remember His promise and yeah. you hold fast them because you know that to let go. Um, um, it, it does not guarantee you be able to hold on to them tomorrow because tomorrow isn't promised. So, yeah, yeah I mean, so it's, it's it's a lot of working out. You need uh, what's helpful is counsel, obviously, soundness of your church to to to, to receive such good fellowship and, and encouragement. 
and I had obviously a fantastic wife who was very patient with mm. me because it is a time in which you you are not quite sure how to respond. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's God's goodness is to, is to be found, um. Whether person I'm a believer or person was a believer. Yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. No, I agree. I think I'm. Uh, I'll challenge a bit or not, or I'll push back or at least try and understand a bit more in a second. But like, I think yeah, I agree in general. Like the loss of a believer very different i remember the first time i lost a believer i was it was just a weird sense of comfort um mm. genuinely a transcendent sense of comfort like for example when i lost the um when the elder of, of, of the church that i'm at actually passed mm. away like i remember like shedding tears but i just remember like having a profound sense of comfort that you know mm. this man i'm almost more convinced of his salvation than my own mm. like do you know what i mean like i'm yeah like this man was was one to to be admired in many respects as a christian and and to see him pass away into glory, I knew it was coming, but like, yeah. I didn't know it was going to come when it did, but, but still I knew it was coming soon. And he was quite elderly, but still like, it was the deep, the deep sense of the, the warmth I felt, the thankfulness mm. I felt, um, the joy I felt that he was able to be in a better place that I could actually say, rest in peace and know that he's, yeah. he's basking in the goodness of the Lord. And you know, that, that's just a, a wonderful a wonderful place to be to know that there will be no more tears for him uh, that every yeah. tear will be wiped away you know that his frail body will now be strengthened again that he will now do you know what I mean that that his mortality would put on immortality and all that kind of stuff and that there will be no more wrestling with sin that like he's finally made it to the other end that was a beautiful kind of sense of sense in my mind and almost felt selfish in one sense to crave for him to come back but thankful in another sense that you know god you've been pleased to, to bring him home and to stop his pain and that's a that's a beautiful reality um, when unbelievers have died, yeah, I think I think what, what Jim said is profound. Like you end up having to, you end up finding that God's comfort is not necessarily always in the death of the person in and of itself, but it's probably never in the death of the person in and of itself. But it's actually found in other things, uh, surrounding things, the the fertile ground to preach the gospel, uh, mm. the the reminder that life is uh, is not something to be played with, um, the the reminder that the the effects of sin reign in the world. Um, and that there must be a hope outside of this world for us, yeah. um, if we're really going to have any kind of confidence. And that's that's a, again just a, a, a beautiful thing. I, I guess one thing that I I do struggle with though, like so after um, Kobe died, I saw um, on the Twitter sphere, like on the Christian Twitter sphere, famous Christians and um, you know I don't know if infamous is the opposite of famous. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. It's not in it. Like that's such a weird anyway. Um, <laughs> Famous Christians and they're like and then and they're like y'all who are listening. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I saw, 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 saw non famous Christians. Um I saw like I saw people just tweeting things like, Yeah, um I actually saw one famous Christian or someone who I like I don't follow him or anything, but somebody like shared the tweet yeah, yeah. but said something like, um Kobe died a tragic death. These are his first words following his death. Kobe died a tragic death. Um and so all of us should begin to think what our position is before the Lord mm -hmm. for the day of the Lord is coming where all will be judged. And so mm -hmm. you have to mm -hmm. repent and believe if you mm -hmm. want to be saved. Mm -hmm. And I just saw that and I saw that and I just, you and someone, someone shared it with me and said, is this, um, what do you guys think of this? Yeah, and, yeah, I, and, yeah. and it was in a group and a few people like well, a few people, I think one person in particular said like, listen, I thought this was okay. I thought this was fine. Yeah, but yeah. Actually like, the large majority said nah like, yeah. and this isn't us shying away from the opportunity to preach the gospel uh -huh. mm. but nah I don't think it's I don't think it's like all you that thought, do you think it was like 
insensitive to like his family or just thought that they're yeah yeah yeah. so for me like when i think of grief like like i said even when i see a believer die i thank god in one sense that they're do you mean that they're together with the lord yeah but the fact that they die is because of the effects of sin in the world yes and and as christians who are aware of that we should be more sympathetic to the nature of the evil that has taken place and the nature of the effects of sin in the world and more than anybody and therefore we should understand that when ecclesiastes says there's a time to mourn it means there's a time to mourn like christ can see a lazarus go into the grave and even though he's assured he can heal him Mm. and bring him back to life the first thing he does is weep yeah Mm, you preaching the first thing he does is actually empathize Mm. like before he goes and actually does the deed of healing him right um, it's which is fu- such a mystery which is such a yeah, mystery because it's funny because I was playing I remember I was playing ball um, with my church football team I don't even play with them too tough because we lost that game but anyway I was playing ball with my church football team and I remember like in the middle of the game there was a point where um, we were losing uh-huh. and the guy went and, and shot the ball uh-huh. and he missed drastically uh-huh. and he turned around and started laughing uh-huh. and some of the team members were angry why are you laughing uh-huh. Uh-huh. and after the game they were like he was like oh listen I was just trying to lift the mood yeah. and somebody said but how do you lift the mood the best way to lift the mood is to score goals. <laughs> and, and, shout out to Danny from the podcast. Um, <laughs> Danny was literally like, the best way to lift the mood is to score goals. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird because in that sense, like actually with regards to Lazarus, yeah. everyone was mourning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the best way to lift the mood is just to lift him. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. to, it's to raise Lazarus. Yeah. But actually the first thing that Christ does it's not even just he doesn't lift the moves he yeah, empathizes yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. before giving them what he need they need he like in terms of raising Lazarus he actually yeah, yeah. he gives he, before actually raising Lazarus giving them what they want he gives them what they need which is empathy yeah. by the way same thing in John 6 when you see the the feeding of the 5000 mm. again it was a 5000 people there Christ could have preached till the till the cows came home but instead actually he feeds them like he cares for the body like and i think yeah. i think just that idea of caring for people holistically um not being like job's friends mm. who just see a man in his weakness and then shoot him when he's down or use that as a as a as a medium of doing you know what I mean of, of not actually empathizing with the person and using that for something. I find that to be actually quite quite um quite sad actually. Mm, quite yeah. sad. And that and that could be a very reason why people turn away from the gospel because you don't care for them as a person. Mm. Like um and I think even the guy in the group that I was in actually like agreed eventually because I think at one point I was just like listen if you had lost somebody close to you it doesn't matter how much in the faith they are or not or whatever. If people, if millions of people online are now using that as a springboard to say, um, you're going to hell if you don't repent and believe. Like, it's just... And yeah. you know, it's weird because that, obviously this, you were talking very much in a Christian lens. Yeah. Um, you see it in the world, the sort of rich position. So remember, you know, tragic events before the election of the London Bridge attack. Mm. And uh, the, you know, the uh, guy and the girl died, the guy's father you know, was made an appeal like, please do not use my son's death as a springboard for your political sort of ambition. Oh, yeah. uh, and so even the world has a recognition yeah, that, yeah. you know, there's some things in which we don't use as currency for our agenda. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, and you're right. I don't think death, I don't think death of someone sh- else should be one of them. Um, yeah. And it's not to say the political agenda could, is necessarily an evil exactly, agenda. Exactly. It could have been a good agenda, yeah, yeah. but you're just saying, don't use this yeah. as a springboard for that. Yeah. Like, if you're going to speak about this death, please speak about the death. Mm. Don't speak about the death so that you can speak about your business, yeah. mm. so that you can speak about your um, your social action group, or so that you can speak about, do you know what I mean, your religion. Like, it actually just allow appreciate that somebody's grieving over this, and yeah. much appreciate that. 
It's you, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you actually let us grieve. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think sometimes the time is really important as well because mm. I think sometimes like some of the initial kind of tweets I saw, especially from unbelievers is was always about like self-dedication, kind of, I'm going to renew, you know, to be better, to make much mm. of the time. And and I think from a believer, when you're seen as, an, as a response, sometimes you're like, this is not, this is not sufficient. Yeah. So someone yeah, can yeah. say, you know, because of this, I'm going to now ensure that I'm successful in that business. So I'm yeah. going to ensure that I do this or do yeah. that to honor him or to yeah. honor who, whoever's passed away. But we yeah. know as believers that that is still, you're still under God's judgment. Yeah. Um, so I think some people are very kind of zealous, but yeah. I think it's just, it's about waiting. Cause I, I saw someone like, I think they said something like Kobe and they tried to like add a scripture in and people were like, come on, like this is not the best time. And yeah. he was like, no, uh, to, um, what did he say? He said something like, um, there's never, a, there's never a bad time to talk about Christ or something. Now, I mean, I was like, That's Sounds true. good. Sounds, Sounds good, but good. like, off. come on, man. Yeah, like just, it's off. just take some time. Take <laughs> yeah, some time. Yeah, yeah, Breathe yeah. for a bit. Breathe <laughs> for a bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> because on the flip side, because you know, the challenge is, is that, you know, is there ever a time which the gospel shouldn't be preached? Be preached. Yeah. Obviously we're not saying that, but I think we're just saying be sensitive Mm. And there's a and there's, there's, there's not one way, you know. There's it's not it's not by saying repent or die that the only way the gospel is being preached. That is obviously gospel probably in the most simplest mm. simplest term. Mm. But there is a way to present the gospel in its truth and yet still marry that with human empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You care uh, for the whole you care for the whole person. No, the I whole agree. Person, which is something that was just missing there. And yeah, I saw those tweets as well, Mary, like yeah. tweets. I don't think it was the same person, but again, yeah. someone was like, no, nah, like this is the perfect time to preach the gospel. Da, 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 da. And then like people, like every, like so many people on the bandwagon, like, yeah, yeah, give, <laughs> give them Christ, give them Christ now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's other opportunities, like, you know, you see funerals of where people preach uh, to yeah, unbelievers and it's, yeah, yeah it's a great opportunity. Yeah, so yeah. there's going to be other, there's going to be other opportunities yeah. to do that. It doesn't have to be the first two, five minutes after they've passed yeah. away. It, when comforting like unbelievers, do you think we can offer them kind of any kind of comfort. Like proper um, comfort. Yeah, like at the time of their loss. Like what, yeah. what do you say? Yeah, I think what do I you th say when you're when you're um consoling the unbeliever who's lost? So I think I think this is the thing. I think um for me the comfort I can offer initially is one, giving them the room to to grieve. Mm -hmm. Um and actually making that letting them know that's that's fine. It's a, it's a, it's the right thing to do to grieve loss. Yeah. Um it's something that I you know, may or may not be able to understand based on what I've gone through or I've not gone through, um, but it's right for them to grieve and they should take as much time as they need. Like, I think that's 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 a helpful thing to do. Yeah. I think coming alongside somebody mm -hmm. and actually, you know, like giving them whatever they you can give them at that particular time that will yeah. soften, um, that will soften the pain. Um, obviously not, I'm not talking about drugs or anything, but mm -hmm. I'm saying like, like, if you can, do you know what I mean? If you can, uh, uh, let me get, let me, let me give you a hug. Let me help. Yeah, you, yeah. Do you guys need food like at home yeah. right now? Or, do you know what I mean? Or what, what are you missing? Like, yeah. is that, do you need help with the funeral arrangements? Do you need help with it? Like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, and I think just showing that you're hit there for someone yeah. actually presents you with much more opportunity to speak about the deeper things of life with that person than anything, mm -hmm. than anything else. Because when life is lost and you're still, the type of person who's there alongside them, mm -hmm. then at that point they know that they can share anything in this life with you. And yeah. I think, and I think at that point you can discuss the deeper things, and they know that it's not that you have that you haven't got their interest at heart because actually you've shown, if anything, that you do that you yeah. care. Um, I think the problem arises when you try and, like I said, if you're trying to go too quick into a worldview at that point, because yeah. actually, you if you don't care for the person who's lost like what the person has lost um, and if you don't care for the kind of pain they're undergoing, then how do you not even get the right, how do you get, how do you find the time? Like, yeah. how do you feel like you'll have earned the, 
the ear of the person to be able to actually yeah like faithfully speak the gospel to that person i think that's a I think it's a tricky one. I'm not saying it's always, there's there's never mm, a time, nor mm, am I saying, mm, do you know what I mean? And I can't, and you mm, can't be blank with those kind mm. of things. But I do think that it's very easy for Christians to go to one of two extremes, either the extreme that says, listen, we should never ever preach the gospel. Um, whereas actually, no, I think, I think there are, I think, yeah. I think it's Ecclesiastes uh, talks, you know, talks about actually, it's a, going to the house of mourning is better than going mm-hmm, to the house mm-hmm, of yeah. better is the day of my death than the day of my birth. Mm-hmm. And just more, not to say that that's a time for preaching, but more saying, actually the preacher saying that, that listen, the time of death is actually a sober time and a time that causes me to think. Yeah. At the times when I'm in my lows or the times when I'm actually, you know, that's when I'm, that's when I'm actually in my feelings and my thoughts more and I can think about these things a bit more soberly. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that's a, coming to, there's definitely a time to speak to them, but on the other side, it's not every day, it's not, it's not the, it's not the moment that somebody dies yeah. that you now, that you now jump in. Yeah. I think sometimes we can be too quick and that might just come from the fact that you're naturally scared of preaching the gospel, but you feel like this has, propelled you or given you enough confidence to now speak it faithfully. Mm, yeah. Um, and then using that and saying, okay, I can't let this confidence go. And now using that to preach the gospel to the person, as opposed to actually realizing, listen, there's actually a time you just need to get over your fears at other times. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when, it, when, when you should be preaching. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 Oh, fair points, man. So, was uh, that just me? Is there anyone? That, that, that? I, I, I agree. I think you, have to <laughs> you might have just, you might have just, you might have just them. No, nah, we're receiving. Yeah, man, I mean? was enjoying I'm what you were saying. Too much, because just no. But honestly, that like, I think is, yeah, is you have to talk to that person's pain, and you're right because mm. Christ spoke. You know, he spoke not, you know, sort of around. He spoke to the issue mm. of the day, and I think that project Christians is what we need to follow. You know, the directness of our speech, which is it is whether we're. Whether we need to approach the situation as gentle as a dove or as wise as a serpent, uh, yet we're still direct as Christ instructs us when we go out into the world to be to be you know we have to as the instructor to be wise to the times. Yeah. Mm. When he says that, when when you uh, mentioned that um, the reference to dove and the serpent, and also again, especially with an unbeliever who's perish, you need to pivot on not the person who's perish because that is it. Yeah. Because you know, I think we have to remember to speak, to, you know, to try and sugarcoat. To spray that with, you know, some sort of false hope is wrong of us. Yes. We know what scripture says. Yes. So that has happened. And that is final. God in his sovereign plan knows why he took that person. Now, this person with me is here. Yeah. This is my concern. We Our concern isn't for those who have gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, our religion is baptized. The, that's not, when you're dead, yeah. you're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, as Christians, we, that, that, that is now, that's judgment. now you're in eternity. Um, uh, but 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 while on earth, time for salvation is now. So we appeal to that individual who's there with us. Mm. Really work on, you know, finding a way for the Lord's wisdom to um, you, have their minds consider the reality that has happened. Mm. Yeah. Um, in a way that is gentle, in a way that is loving, that speaks to their pain and that comforts them at their uh, comforts their wounds. Um, but still tries to, you know, in in a careful way cause their mind to be open to the reality of life that life is you know finite and mm. you know you need to also ha- come to terms with your um your finiteness if that's a word and then you know what i mean I said, your finitude or whatever you know what I mean? yeah. but, 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 but 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 just exactly. emphasize echo that point like yeah, yeah, yeah. and retweet that point on um the fact that you shouldn't you shouldn't start joining in some of the language that other people that unbelievers yeah. use especially when it comes to the death of an unbeliever yeah yeah um and you know it's the death of an unbeliever. Yeah, you have yeah. to be very careful with that kind of stuff. Like, because yeah. I think, I think it's actually it, it, you almost are losing all your credibility when yeah. it comes to what you believe about yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Um. When when it comes when push comes to shove and you're actually saying, 
yeah, you know what, rest in peace. Like to somebody who you actually think, nah, it's true. Like maybe it's maybe. tempting to say, right? Yeah, yeah it is tempting it's very to say. Tempting. Like actually, the one thing that we do take comfort in the fact is that actually the judge of all the earth does that which is mm. right, yeah. not necessarily mm. that um the person is going to be in a place mm. of peace yeah. per se, mm. yeah. but that God will not do that which is not good. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, and so yeah, but. Mary, how do you prepare? How do you prepare? Like, how do you prepare? And if you know now that one everyone, day... Everyone dies. Yeah. One day, you know, people who are older than you. Like, I always now... And younger then, than you. Younger than you. Older than... Yeah, that's the scary thing. Younger yeah. than you. Older than you. One day are going to pass away. And mm. if the Lord allows, we'll be there to see it and have to deal with it. Like, how do you... How do you prepare yourself for that? Is there anything you can do to prepare yourself for that? Yeah, I've got a few points to witness. Um, I feel like death is is kind of a a means of kind of waking up the believer. Um, yeah. I feel like we can we can grow so kind of comfortable with this present world, and then yeah. something something like death comes along. And you're like, oh yeah, this world is falling. This is not my home. Um, so I think just having <laughs> so true. yeah having a great awareness of the fact that the believer longs, um, longs for heaven, and the fact that this world is falling and under God's judgment mm. is just is just one thing. And I think. I remember just hearing um, kind of a, a preacher mention the fact that for, you know, for a young person or for wh- whoever, someone who's in their 40s, 50s, there's so much suffering ahead of us, mm. um, especially for young people. And the fact that, yeah, you can't control what will happen. And I think for me, that's always been the part I've always struggled with. Like I think of my parents and my siblings and those who I love so dearly. And I know that like, I can't prolong mm. their life. Like mm. I'm here now and with you, I could get a call in two minutes mm. and someone's died and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, and it can mm. be so heartbreaking. I remember was one time, it was actually a, a song, song of service and we were singing a hymn and I think I was around, I just realized that I was around three guys and I noticed that all of the three guys had lost their father. Mm. Um, two of them had lost their father within two years and the other one had lost their father in, when he was in his teens and I thought, Raw, my dad's mm. gonna die, mm. and it was just like an mm. instant. And I was proper like couldn't sing anymore. I was just thinking to myself like, "There's no, like yeah, like it's a death is a reality." And I think for me like your greatest hope is just knowing that God will use your suffering um to make you much like Him. Um, yeah. yeah, like the, yeah. if you're in Christ, you get you get so much consolation of that fact that you know, God is your Father. You know, I was thinking of um Second mm. Corinthians one when it talks about you know blessed be the God of comfort um mm. who comforts us so that we may strengthen others um Amen. that's not verbatim but yeah and I think that's just kind of the reminder that you have to take that like suffering is is a present reality for Christians that we will face suffering but you know suffering's for our good I remember like coming across a kind of a uh, Samuel Rutherford kind of quote and he talks says like if the Lord calls you to suffering do not be dismayed for He will provide a deeper portion of Christ in your suffering and just that. Yeah, that reality that whatever grief, loss I will experience, and I know I will experience it, the Lord is pleased to ensure that I have a deeper kind of sense of Christ in my life. And yeah, I think, yeah, it, it scares me. I won't lie, like death is, death and my close family members just, I start like thinking and then going into like rabbit trails and I just have to like switch off. But mm. just knowing that God is good and he's faithful and he will do right and he loves me. Um, so even in the face of death and whatever, whatever will come um, and it will come, knowing that he, he will never leave me nor forsake me. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. What about you, Richard? How do you think believers should prepare? prepare? <laughs> How do I think believers should prepare for death? For upcoming, yeah, suffering and death. And upcoming suffering. Um, Around them and also themselves as well, because we're going to die as well. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with Unless you. the Lord comes. Let me pass to Edwin first. Edwin. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> I'm thinking. 
I'm thinking, how should we prepare for yeah, that? Yeah, how should... Um, um, there you go, Richard. Mad, 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 mad. all joy. Kind of all joy. I think one of the greatest comforts I've ever had um, and I will ever continue to have um, in the midst of suffering is knowing that um, behind every single one of my hard days, um, there's a good God. Yeah. Um, and I think just being aware that, you know, God is in control. Yeah. Then I know that all things that happen to me, around me, are not the cause of randomness. Yeah. Um, it's never that somebody's life was too short, nor was it too long. Um, it's never that a blessing has skipped my hands by mistake, nor have I ever received something that the Lord didn't have planned for me. Mm. Um, and the more aware I am of that reality, um, the more comfort I feel because then I just know there's no safer place to be than in the hands of the Lord. And I yeah. would never want my own life to be in my own hands, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the only way I can really, and that gives me more assurance because the fact, the fact that I know that all things are in God's hand and that God is in control of all things and that there's no, there's not even an evil thing that occurs apart from God's oversight, you know, and that, and, and God not being uh, aware and, and, don't mean, and involved in every finite detail of what's actually happened, even though God himself is not evil. Yeah. Um, that just again, it just it just allows you to recognize. Listen, this is the only way I can cling to the promises of God. Yeah. Um. And then finally, even just you know, you have to just remember that even the greatest wickedness that the world has ever seen, um, was killing Christ. Yeah. Um. And out of that flowed the greatest blessing that this world will ever receive: the gospel. Mm. Um. And His righteousness, and that, and having that, you'd think I prepared this, and yeah. having and having that, um. <laughs> I was ready to pass. Imagine I almost missed my blessing, but God was in control. <laughs> <You're so dumb>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but having that, like having that reality that out of the worst, the darkest day flowed the like the brightest light, and, and, mm. and you know, and flowed the the greatest blessing that this world has ever seen. You know that actually, even in our dark days, God can use it to create good. Yeah, and 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 I can be convinced that all things are working together for my good. Yeah, um, yeah. even though it might not look like it, I can yeah. be convinced that it is. Yeah, and I think gospel realities are just great to have like I was I was um in my church we were singing it is well with my soul yesterday and I remember just researching just the story of of the of the writer I think his name is Horatio Spafford and how he wrote it after losing I think his name is Horatio Spafford yeah his name is Horatio Spafford um and he wrote it like after losing his four da daughters um, and when you just read the lyrics it, yeah like it wasn't like he could have easily said you know things will get better in this life or but he, he just talks about the gospel. Like, it's well with my soul because I'm in Christ. Um, and, and, and whatever it is, whatever my lot, like, I know that whatever, even losing four children or, or losing your parents or losing your friends that you love, like, if I'm a believer, if I've trusted in Christ, it is well with my soul. And, and that's where the goodness is. Yeah. Not, yeah. No, not everyone can say that. And if you can say that, it's grace. Um, so, yeah, mm. it's a great, great privilege, man. Mm. Edjimski. So how do you prepare for death? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in one's own death or just death in general? No, suffering around you, death. Yeah. Your yeah. death is up to you, bro. Yeah. Take it how you feel it. Um, to be honest, I think uh, a book that helps unlikely, perhaps, book is Pilgrim's Progress. Ooh. I think, you know, reminding oneself that we are... John Bunyan, sorry. Journeys, John Bunyan. <laughs> Mary's now com coming confident with her name. <laughs> I feel like Legendary Israel in this episode. John. I'm so down. I miss okay. you, Israel. Sorry. I know. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, just remembering that we are we're just merely passing through it's hard 
to have this mind to have this mindset where you are you're a job nine to five you're very yeah. invested in the company you work for you're very invested in the, the communities you're part of you're very invested in you know just society in general and life in general you're invested in social culture you know what i mean like you know we're very very much involved when you're very involved in the world it's hard to remember that this mm. is not my final place and, yeah um yeah and I, I guess that's why people i think that's what maybe the thinking behind even like baby dedications right when you have your child and you just want to sort of remind yourself this is not this is not mine yeah you know whatever happens to this child ultimately lord ordains Lord. I will be here with the child forever. I will be here with the child forever. Mm. I always mean, Lord, to bring up this child, um, and so those those um, sort of um, uh, uh, thoughts are helpful, mm. um, and I guess it helps. I mean, I always take the, this verse out of context in First Corinthians. You know, when Paul says, "Well, he quotes," I think he quotes it Ecclesiastes. Let us um, eat and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. I, always, I always take the myth because I'm just like you know, wife's like. Cut all the dominoes again. I said, look, babes, let's yeah. eat, be merry for tomorrow. <laughs> we died. But, you know, I'm so obviously, that's not what Paul's saying. <laughs> but like, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, bad. No, I'm not trying to, you know, encourage, you know, any sort of YOLO doctrine. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, in 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 very much in the thought that, and the real reality that, you know, we, we don't know where we're going to go. That's just, I remember hearing a sermon by a dear friend um um yeah, Yannick who's been on this podcast I can say his name um which is a while ago you know the urgency is for the believer to really live each life trying to um to do the, not to do the most for Christ but trying to be like Christ for you don't know how long you have mm. um another pastor said they like to try and leave Christ the center of Christ in the room where he passes through mm. and at least he he's not in that room ever again you know so he tries to have Christ be your all and 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 indeed mm. all that people see because we, we don't know you know you're gonna have an opportunity to preach to that friend yeah or um enjoy that you know enjoy mm. that you know sweet fellowship that we're enjoying you know share the gospel with one's child um in very much you know not not trying to borrow doctrine of or sinners there but it very much in the in the in 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 in, in the mind that you know, we do live once. We don't. We don't know when we're going to die. Bible's yeah. clear on that, anyway. Uh, likewise, we our, our our evangelism needs to match that. Yeah. Our our sort of approach to missions needs to match that. Yeah. Uh, approach to you know how we parent needs to match that. How we yeah. work at work needs to match that. How we are um, uh, as a church member needs to match that. Uh, that's how I think you can pair up because then you you then you sort of. You're not always ready to go, but you're always, you're always, you're always on standby. You're always on guard. Mm. Your, your, yeah. your, your, your mind is girded up. You know, you are looking ahead to glory. Um, um, so yeah, I think just remembering that you're a pilgrim sojourner. This is not your, this is not your final resting place. That you have your, you are tasked to actually um, uh, have a Christian impact, no matter how small yeah. or big it is in this world. Um, and just you know, being being refreshed by that thought every single day, I think mm. is helpful. What yeah. a way to prepare for death. That reminds yeah. me of the um the legacy podcast that we did. What's the um, legacy? Oh, oh right. the one yeah, with yeah. um Israel. Yeah, Israel. Was yeah. Yeah, 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 but no, that yeah, it just reminded me of the legacy podcast. Yeah, about yeah. legacy, and I think that was just a nice way to yeah, remind us of the kind of legacy yeah. that we just seek to leave as Christians. But yeah. but no, guys. Um, what's girls? that? What's that quote about? Um, huh? life will soon be passed, but whatever's done for Christ will last. You Sorry, said it man. as you're I saying it. Know. I can't remember who it's by though. Israel in Wow. Is that a Puritan? Who's that? I don't know who said it. I don't know who said it. But Mary, that, as Mary, you were talking, that's what I was thinking about. Mary, you really come in <laughs> with the quotes today, bro. And the names. Huh? 
who is uh, we're down Westwood. I don't know who it is. Still on Westwood. Who hmm? said what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done. Man. Hey, guys, thank you very much for listening to the Blackberry podcast today. Um, yeah, continue to check us out on the socials and all that kind of stuff. We've got some good stuff coming. And especially if you have time, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we've got some things dropping there. Very yes, soon. we do. Bro, I sound like a pro, Rich. Yep. Uh, I don't give you the name. Uh? <laughs> Nearly I'm, three years. I'm freestyling. <laughs> I'm freestyling. You better know. You better think I'm prepared. <laughs> hey, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye.